Hey folks, I'm Jason. And I'm Eric. I teach people how to raise livestock on the land. And I teach people the Bible. I play a little banjo. And I play bass. I'm a passionate bow hunter. And I'm a die-hard Badgers fan. Together we're just two common folk trying to pursue Jesus. And live out our faith beyond Sunday's sermon. So what are we going to talk about today? We could talk about the Packers. I, I think we could probably fill a full 50-minute podcast oh. with just that. Yeah. I saw uh, Quick Trip. Did you see Quick Trip's post after the game? Mm-mm. They always have pretty witty social media posts. Okay. And it said something like, drive home safely, Bears fans, stop at Quick Trip and enjoy paying your tolls. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> that's well, because didn't Justin Fields say like in Green Bay, oh, yeah. like it's boring, all they yeah. have to care about is football? Why would you ever say that before the game? Especially going to Green Bay. Well, and how is that a dig? Like, yeah. you guys love your team. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's not a dig. Yeah. But no, we probably shouldn't. I don't think people probably tune in to us for Packer commentary. Probably not. But I did notice that we're coming up on a year since we recorded our first really uh, episode. Wow, it's flown by. It was uh, well, we posted it on January thirtieth of last year. So it's coming up, and this is episode thirty. Is it? Yeah, well, that's at least what I've got on my computer as we're recording right now. You are, or it might be. Yeah, I think it will be thirty. Although, did 29 ever post? I don't see it here. I don't know. Yeah, I'll have to dig into that. I'm, I thought I posted it last week, but... Well, you know how it goes, but I, I'm proud of us, man, because I, I think the average podcast is eight episodes. I think that's as oh, long yeah. as most of them get to before you kind of lose steam, and so I think the fact that we're we're on 30 is is something to celebrate, and... Oh, yeah, I just see I, I messed up when I posted it. I didn't put the episode number. Oh, so it's on there. Yeah. Well, that'll be easy to just edit that and put that. it in. But, yeah, I mean, I think, like we said last time, we've we've had to take some weeks off, but I think that's okay to be like, but we just get back in it, and yep. now it's like holidays. Well, so you got to take a breather. Well, and we usually do this on Mondays, and so it's like the past two Mondays have both been holidays, and so you kind of run into that, and it's like you just are like, eh, we're just going to take a little break. Plus, I think everyone else is pretty busy too, so yeah, there's no reason. But, um, I mean, as far as what to talk about, I mean, we started a new series um, on Simple, um, just kind of to talk through the vision for the church, but also hopefully to give some useful tools to people as they're, you know, looking at new year's resolutions and I want my life to be different and things, the, the ability to simplify life and keep things simple, I think is essential to pretty much everything that, that we might want in our life. I think you gave a good analogy or visual last week. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, this time of year is when everyone kind of uses it as a benchmark for whatever things need some repair or attention in their life. Um, We tend to think of the new year. Um, And you were talking about uh, like house cleaning Mm -hmm. or, or like cleaning out your closet. Yep. And sometimes less is more Mm -hmm. by, by getting rid of all the junk that you don't need or don't want or don't like. Right. 
and just simplifying it down to the stuff that you really like, you actually, in the end, feel like you have more. Yes. Well, because I think we have to realize that, like, the joy that you get from something is not from possessing it. It's from being able to experience it. I think that that, I I think most people would agree, like, if you, if you're not experiencing something, it really doesn't matter that you possess it or not. And what happens is if we possess too many things, we lose the ability to experience the things that we really love because there's just so much clutter. We, we can't even see it. We forget we have it. I mean, I was just talking to somebody about that the other day of like, when you find something that's like, at one point in your life, you were like, this is going to change my life. If I just have this, I'm going to be happy and all that. Mm-hmm. And you're literally like, I forgot I even had this. Cause it's like, you, you have so much stuff. You can't even see what you have. And it's like, so that thing has not been giving you any joy if you forgot you had it. Yeah. And so much of simplifying is getting to the point where like, you can see the things that actually matter and you can experience them on a daily basis because they're not lost in the clutter. And that's where the quote that I said last week, and I can't remember who it was that quoted it, but it was just simplifying is the act of ridding yourself of the unnecessary so that the necessary may speak. And that's really what it is. And that's why less is more is that the less unnecessary you have, the more the necessary can speak. And that's really all you want in the end how many times do we have to experience that in life before we actually start to believe it and and not only just believe it but like let it drive our decision making or or the word i've been talking to my teenage or middle school boys about is discernment Mm -hmm. how do you you know, use that. And it's tough to talk to a middle school kid about discernment because number one, it's a complex word, but number two, they're just in a time of life where they're figuring things out. It's, it's tough um, for, for a kid to know how to do that. And so I'm just, you know, trying to talk them through it. And then it's, it's tough to coach them through it because it's not even an easy thing for us as adults to to embody. Yep. No, I agree. And discernment's tough because a lot of discernment comes from experience. And when right. you're young, you don't have you don't that experience. Have experience. So part of it is like, it's going to be tough until you experience a, a little bit of that. I still think it's worth it to talk through. And I think it's like, I think it has to be a continual thing. And that's why I, I don't mean to be this like negative about culture and stuff, but just to understand we live in a culture that will continually every day tell you that you're lacking something every day if you watch tv or look at your phone or anything you will be told that you are missing something and that whatever product it is that they're selling is the missing piece to make you happy and that is not going to stop and so i don't think it is just this one thing where we will turn the light bulb on and it'll be done i think it has to be something that we are continually reminding ourselves because we're going to be continually told the opposite every single day of our life and so i think that's the change i've tried to make is like daily reminding myself of it because i'm understanding the lie is going to be told to me daily so the truth needs to be told to me daily because the culture our entire culture is built on us believing that we're lacking something 
that's the core of our entire marketing culture that we live in, selling and getting people to purchase things. The foundation of all of it is you are lacking something. Everybody else has it. Everyone else is happier than you because they have this thing that you don't have. We can sell it to you. And I think once you just understand that that's the reality, then you can start to go, all right, every day I got to remind myself that that's not true. There's so many key words that are kind of bouncing around in my mind right now as we talk about this. Um, so we started out talking about simplicity. Well, we could talk a long time on that, about yeah. what just what it means in our everyday life and what it means in faith. And there's just so much there. Um, but then, you know, we talked about discernment. Could We could talk for days on yeah. discernment. Yeah. Um, it, it made me think of the verse, and, and I looked it up uh, in Ephesians 4, uh, the, the word edify, mm. um, which basically means it has to somehow have something productive come out of it. Yes. Um, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according. Oh, now I lost it according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. So obviously that's talking about what comes out of our mouth, yep. speech. But I think, I just thought of that term edify, because it's like, if we're using discernment, yep. when we are faced with decisions to do something or not, to add something to our schedule or not, to possess something or not, it all comes back to the question. So like, what is discernment? It's asking ourselves: is this going to edify me or the people around me? Is it going to be fruitful or built? Like, is there something good and productive that's going to come out of this? Or is it just more clutter? Absolutely. One, I think one of the, this, one of the things that has really helped me is just to understand that everything about me has a limited capacity. I am a limited creature, at least in this life. Everything is limited as far as my ability to get something out of it or use it or provide it. There's nothing about me other than my soul that God created that is unlimited, that's going to last. And so it is about managing. And, and when, you, when I read the Bible, when I look at so many of Jesus' parables— it's about stewards. Like that is a consistent theme throughout all of Jesus' parables. And maybe not all of them, but most of them, especially in terms of how we're supposed to live, it's about servants that are given something to steward. Like mm-hmm. that's so much of it. And to understand that whether it's my finances, whether it's my energy, whether it's my ability to even care about things. That word stewardship is a word that comes up all the time in my line of work, yes. whether it's how we manage our land or our resources yes. or our livestock. And, and so that it goes much beyond that too. I'm a yes. steward of my home and my children and my marriage. Yeah. And But part of being a steward, and I agree with you, like, I think that's a word that we just, we don't understand. And it's a shame because it is a, I think it is a core pillar of the teaching of Jesus. Like, I think it is a major core pillar that if you don't understand it, it's going to be really hard for you to understand even the basics of what Jesus was trying to say and how he presented the kingdom of God 
while he was here on earth. And I think just that's the, the first thing that is hard for us to accept is that we are limited, you know? And, and I tell people this all the time, even with like budgets of like, you can have, I don't, I mean, I, I'll, I'll give this, it's not a perfect example, but you can have anything, but you just can't have everything. So it's like, you have to decide you have a limited amount of money. And for one person, having a, a big chunk of their income to have a really nice car is, is worth it because they're willing to sacrifice other things because that's the way that it makes sense to them. And that's fine. There's no like, it has to, you have to spend this much on this or that. It's just understanding my, my finances are limited and I have to choose how much goes to where because there's going to come a point that all the money is going to be gone. So I have to choose that. And I think to understand that for us, there is a limited amount of things that you can experience and appreciate in your life. You're going to hit a limit where the number of, whether it's activities or hobbies or relationships or physical things or anything where you're going to hit a limit where you cannot appreciate or experience what you have. And so this lie that it's like, well, just make more money because then you can, then you can have the nice car and the nice house and have all the expensive trips and all of that. We buy into that in our personal life of like, we'll just keep getting things and then just expand your ability to appreciate them. Just be, be bigger and be able to experience more and appreciate more, but that we're limited and you're going to come a point where you're just adding things and all it means is that the things you already have are no longer going to be able to be appreciated and experienced. You're never going to be able to expand your ability to experience and appreciate things. So like one of the biggest choices we have is to just choose what it is that we have in our life because that's what we're going to get to appreciate and experience. And um, I know I'm ranting a little bit, but it's something I've been praying on a lot of just acknowledging and being okay with my capacity and things. And, and knowing that beating myself up or feeling guilty or wishing I was better is not going to increase my capacity. Like there's going to be a limit and I got to work within it. And my job is to be a good steward of the capacity that I have in things. I kind of want to keep camping out on yeah. this topic of our capacity to steward things, which yeah. we did not intend on talking about nope. this at all. I did not preach on that at all. But I think it's, in a sense, what you were talking about. You didn't really talk about stewardship, but yeah. what you talked about is filling up our bucket with so much stuff that it can't hold anything else. Yeah. And so the question I have is, and you already got to this, uh, I wrote down, can we steward a lot of things? Mm-hmm. Um, that's a complicated answer because what you alluded to is we all have a capacity. Mm-hmm. We see examples of people who try to steward way too many things, and I think we also see examples of people who intentionally try to steward as little as possible. Right. And I don't know that either of those are the way God designed us to be. Now, I don't think... It's our place to tell people what their capacity is. Right. Yep. But I I think it would be dangerous to think that one of those extremes is what God 
wants for all people. So I think it's dangerous when we start looking at each other and saying, like, boy, that person uh, is taking on way too many things. Well, maybe that's the way they were designed to, mm-hmm. and, and vice versa. But I think th- this comes back to, you know, I think often in this podcast we've referred back to the story of the rich young ruler. Mm-hmm. Yep. And there's just so much to reap out of that story. And I think for those of you who don't know it, where do we even, where is that story? I always forget. I'm so bad at the Gospels. (sighs) I believe it's Luke, but I feel like I'm going to embarrass myself. Yeah, no, it's it's fine. It's it's in the Gospel. It's Jesus basically talking to this rich young ruler or this rich young guy who is very influential and... The guy's like, what do I need to do to follow you? And and Jesus said, you're not going to like the answer. Right. What you have to do to follow me is, and he didn't say it exactly like this, but what he meant was you have to be willing to give up everything. Right. So like everything you have, you have to be willing to be okay with not having that. Absolutely. And I think what really what that gets to is this, this, question about how much we can handle it's an individual case-by-case basis that we have to figure out on our own absolutely because i have met people who god has blessed unbelievably financially and they steward that money for the kingdom of god unbelievably well it's it's there's some people i've met where it's like wow i'm just blown away at how much god has blessed them financially and how serious they are about using it for the kingdom of God with wisdom and intentionality. And it's like, those are not people that Jesus would have been like, sell everything you own and give it, give Mm -hmm. it away. But there are people. And what I love about that story is like, it doesn't make sense if you read on the surface, because Jesus says you lack one thing, sell everything you own. And it's like, that doesn't make any sense. If he lacks something, why are you telling? But what, what he was lacking is following Jesus. Cause yeah. that's where he's like, sell everything you own and follow me. That was what he was lacking. And for that person, everything that he owned was preventing him from following. And that's, and Jesus knew that you're not going to be able to follow me unless you get rid of all this stuff. And that was kind of the main thing about this sermon this week is movement. Like when you simplify, you're free to go, you're free to move. And whether that's physically or emotionally or spiritually, that's what that is. But it is like every person is very different. And here's, I was just thinking through how, what would be a good metaphor for this? And that's, I'm the king of metaphors. Les, we, not, we kind of both are. I so know. if people don't like metaphors, you might want to find another Yeah, podcast. this is going to be a rough podcast. But imagine like you're, you're, you're taking a vacation and it's going to be a long weekend and you're going somewhere that, that has a lot to experience. You're going to like Disneyland or something. There's going to be a level of how much you can plan and actually get to experience on that time. And there's going to be different levels of it. There's going to be a certain amount that you can plan that you can fully experience and take your time and be present in and just get everything out of it. Then you can add a little bit more. And you can still experience it, but you're going to be a little rushed. You won't probably be able to get the full experience out of it. And you're going to have to kind of scramble from one thing to the next. And then you can get to a level where it's like, you can plan all this, 
but you're physically not even going to be able to experience half of it. Like, cause they're going to be, if you, if you plan a hundred things, there's going to be half of them that are happening at the same time. And you're going to have to completely ignore one. Mm-hmm. So it's like, no matter how much you try to stuff into that vacation, you're going to have a limited number. Now, I think for some people, their level of, do I want to experience it fully? Am I okay with just kind of getting the flyover experience of it and rush on to the next thing? And I think some of that is personality where some people would prefer to see more things and other people would prefer to be like, no, I want to read everything and I want to fully get to every ride and all of that. But I think it's just understanding there is like a level of to your capacity where no matter how much more you try to push in there, something else is going to get pushed out. Like, like you cannot add anything else. And by adding more, all you're doing is like accidentally maybe pushing out really important things. Because once you get to that level of just being overloaded, you're not even noticing what's getting pushed out. You're just kind of holding it trying to you know when you're trying to bring laundry downstairs and socks are falling out and you don't really know what's falling it's like just understanding you're limited and that's that's okay that you're limited like that's all of us are i i found it really interesting that you keep using the term like freedom to move yeah and why i find it interesting is Lately, that's been the topic. The topic of freedom has been something that I've been searching in my daily reading time. And it's like, I, I think I have become interested in it for exactly the reason why you're, what you're talking about. Like, we, we have the freedom to do whatever we want. Mm-hmm. And so in that freedom what we choose to do is heap so much stuff on ourselves that we're in fact not free to do anything. Yes. And you get this overwhelming feeling in life of just, you can't really, you're, you're sort of tied down by Mm -hmm. all these different things. Yep. And so the irony of the whole thing is, is even in our freedom, we choose to basically bind ourselves. Yes. And, what so one of the things that I was reading this morning, I was reading a sermon that someone gave on this topic and and what they were doing was looking at like what Jesus means in the Bible when he talks about freedom and what we think of as freedom mm-hmm. in society. And what's really complicated is sort of all the things that we've been talking about are acceptable mm-hmm. and society. Yep. And and probably a lot of them aren't even that bad mm-hmm. in and of themselves, but it's just if we're not supposed to do it or if we add it with a whole bunch of other stuff. Yep. Um well, and that's a quote that literally changed my life and it it's so simple, but it's like and I, I think I said it already is like you can do anything. You just can't do everything. Right. Like and I think it's like the freedom that Jesus was talking about is the freedom to choose. Like I get to choose like, and, and that's, the, we were born into sin. And so it's like, we, we just, sin was our master. Like that's, we, we were slaves to it. And when Jesus died on the cross, it was like, we are now finally free to hit the mark for the first time. That's what sin is, is to miss the mark. And because of what Jesus did on the cross for the first time, we were free to hit the mark. And, and like you said, a lot of these things aren't bad. We just can't do them 
all. And even if you look at Jesus, it was like he spoke to crowds, but even with relationships, he had 12. He had 12 people that he had a close. If Jesus could only have 12 close relationships, maybe add a few more with some of the people who weren't disciples, but he clearly knew very well. But like he was limited even as God Because he was man as well, he was like, I can only really have this many relationships. And you can really only have this many hobbies. And you can really only have this much clutter. And like, you can really only have so many clothes that you wear. Yeah. Because eventually you're going to get to the point where half your closet you're just not even going to look at. Because we have capacities to our amounts. And for me, it was like just understanding that. And understanding that's okay. That's the design. We all have them. And to start to work within your capacity instead of trying to force yourself to have more capacity than you have. It's kind of like if you look at finances, it's like there's two ways to look at it. Either you can always be striving to make more money mm-hmm. or you can understand like this is the this is the job I have. This is the paycheck I get. I want to better work within this. And, and find ways to spend less, find ways. And it's like, that's when you finally understand, here's my capacity. I'm not going to sell my whole soul just to try to expand my capacity. I'm going to I'm gonna accept my capacity for where it is. And I want to work well within that capacity and use what I have to the best that I can. And do it without guilt and without shame and understand that's how we all are made. And I think once we can get to that point everything starts to wait, make way more sense. And, and you start to be way more, if we're going to go back to that word discernment, when, if you understand that like you have a limited capacity in everything, you start to be way more discerning because you understand, I can't just make more. I can't just stretch myself further. There's going to be a limit. And so whatever it is that I allow, it has to be important and it has to matter. So, again, like most of our conversations that we have here, this this could be useful to someone who isn't even a Christ follower mm-hmm. because you can apply it in life. But yeah. So how do we make sure that this is applicable to someone who is hopefully someone who is listening, who is listening with the intent of growing in their faith? I think the biggest thing is to just see yourself as a steward. Because if you just just read Jesus' parables, and that's what I would first challenge people, read Jesus' parables and see how often the parable involves some sort of servant who has been given a finite amount of something that they can't, like, they don't get to choose how much it is, but this is the this is what they've been given. And they are judged on how well they steward what they've been given. And you will be shocked at how much Jesus talks about that. And then start to view yourself as a steward. And like, I know for me, at least my anxiety goes way down. My guilt goes way down. My strife and all of my whatever words you want to use goes way down. When I'm just like, I'm, I'm a steward and whatever capacity I have, that's what God gave me, and I just have to steward it. I just have to be intentional about it. And that's, you know, where if, when you look at it, and I mentioned this in the Sermon on Sunday, the woman who only gave, you know, two small little 
penny coins. And Jesus was like, she gave the most because it was, she was stewarding what she had. She had a very limited capacity, but what she had, she gave towards what was important. She used it towards what was actually important. And I think it's just understanding that this world is going to tell you like, nope, you can do it all. You can have everything. You can be everything and you can be good at everything and you can have every relationship and every hobby and just understand that's a lie. You can't. You're limited. We are limited. And that's okay. That's the design. So so I, I think really what this comes down to is practically is um, identifying what it is that's getting in the way of us growing closer to Jesus. Yes. And so that's, you know, having discernment Mm-hmm. and asking, is this going to further get in the way or is this going to actually help get closer? And yes. and and so having or asking that with every decision we make, but then also kind of looking at everything that we already have going on and identifying those things that are getting in the way and which things actually are helpful. Yeah. And I think... To go back to that story of the rich young ruler, it's in Luke chapter 18. Mm-hmm. Jesus said, so basically this guy was telling him like, I've kept all the commandments since I was a boy. This is in verse 21. When Jesus heard this, he said, you still lack one thing. Sell everything you have and give to the poor and you'll have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. Mm-hmm. So... It's, it could be as simple as one I shouldn't say it's simple like that that's there could be like one thing that is getting in the way of everything yes well and that is simple and that's I tell people all the time simple isn't easy in fact usually simple is the hardest thing that's why we don't like simple is complicated is like you can find excuses to not do the hard things. You're like, well, it's more complicated than you think, and I don't really need to do that hard thing because I can do this or that. But when it's simple, it's like, hey, this thing is extremely hard. feels impossible, but that's it. That's what you have to do. There's no other options. It's simple. Just do the thing that's extremely hard. And that was Jesus' teaching was unbelievably simple, unbelievably hard, impossible without God. So, like, for, for people who are following Jesus or who are trying to live out their faith, what gets in the way most of the time is guilt about Mm -hmm. something that they're carrying with them, anxiety about something. Um, You know, all these heavy weights that are weighing them down and just kind of keeping them from going further. And... I think that's why it's so important for us to just sort of do some house cleaning, go yes. through everything and and ask ourselves what's productive and what Absolutely. doesn't need to be here. Absolutely. And I think one of one of the pieces of advice I can give is if you want to know what direction lines up with who Jesus is, it's almost always going to be the thing that's really easy to understand and really hard to do. That is almost always the direction that Jesus is calling you to do. If there's that thing that's like, mm, it's kind of complicated and it's 
really convoluted to try to explain the reasoning why to people, but it kind of can prevent you from having to really tackle the thing you're scared to tackle. That is rarely going to be Jesus prompting you to do that. Because if you look at all of his teaching, that is constantly and consistently what he pointed people to do. So in other words, the answer for what to do is almost always pretty evident. Yep. You should be able to explain it to an eight-year-old. But you should also be able to say, I don't know if I can do that. Yeah. That Those two things together usually are so, aligned with yeah, what Christ so basically, is Basically, you, you know what you need to do. Yep. But it's whether or not you want to or will. And it's whether or not you can give the space to, t- to tackle it. So it's kind of like... Again, if I can give a metaphor, which I don't know if anyone wants, but that's what makes sense, is it's like, if you have a house and the roof is leaking, like, you know what you have to do. That's very simple. I have to fix the roof. But that's also going to be an expensive thing, which means you are going to have to do the work of like, how do I free up the money to do this? And you're going to have to look at your spending and go, hey, there's a bunch of spending that like, I really like, but it's like, in order to do this thing that I know I need to do. Anyone knows it. You got to fix the roof. It's not complicated, but it's, you got to do the work of, Hey, maybe we don't need Netflix for a while. And maybe we don't need this because we got to free up the space to, to get this taken care of. And, and that's what's simplifying does. It gives you that space, whether it's energy wise, if there's something that you know, you need to tackle in your life. If it's a sin that you are just falling into again and again, it's not complicated to know you got to deal with that, but you also have to free yourself to have the space to focus on it and to really tackle it, which means you're going to have to get rid of some stuff. You got to you got to free up the energy and the mental focus to be able to focus in on it. That's the hard part. It it is hard. I mean, just having this conversation and just having things go through my mind about you know financially, um, time wise, um, just habits wise, how you know what we do how we spend our time all of that it's it's hard because it's like it's pretty it it's pretty easy to identify some things that probably should go Mm -hmm. but then actually following through and getting rid of them is a hard step well and i mean and this is where i'll just i'll get kind of convicting just even for myself because here here's the mindset that i think you have to have because this is what the Bible teaches. And again, if you go to Jesus' parables, the consistent things is, number one, that you are a servant that has been given things to steward. You don't own them. You have been given them for a certain amount of time to steward them. But the other thing that is consistent is that the master is coming back and is going to ask what you did with what was steward, stewarded. And that is where it changes everything as far as like, you know, even in my marriage, there's times where I remind myself, uh, God gave me Les as his daughter and he's coming back and he's going to look and observe what I did with that thing he Mm -hmm. gave me to steward. That is unbelievably scary when you think about it. And the number of things that I'm going to have to give an account for that is not going to be comfortable for me 
is like, wow. But if you look at it with any, whether it's your finances or your time, I mean, to understand like your time was given to you to steward by God, he's coming back and he's going to make you give an account for how you stewarded that time. It changes how you look at everything. It changes like what you give your time to, what you give your, your mental energy to, even what you worry about. You only have so much worry in you. Because I've hit the limit, and I've had that conversation with Les, where I get home from, from work, and I'm like, I have no care. I, I, don't, I can't care about anything, because I'm out. I'm limited. And the, and, and the things that I choose to worry about, I'm going to have to give an account to that, because God gave me that ability mm-hmm. to care, and he's coming back to say, what did you do with the care that I gave you? And if it's like, well, I was really stressed out about this thing that you clearly said in your word I shouldn't be stressed out about, but I gave 80% of my worry to that. We're going to have to give an account to all that. And I think that's where it can seem scary, but it can also be really freeing to understand that we, we're going to serve somebody. The Bible says that. like we, We're going to serve somebody. And so... The more we can truly stay in that mindset of knowing that we serve God and we're going to have to give an account, it frees us to not have to serve society and culture and all of those things because it's like we, we live in that understanding that we're serving God. He's coming back. He has given us these things to steward and we're going to have to give an account to him on how we used them. And as much as that sounds scary, the more I think about it, the more it is so freeing to say no to other people and say, I cannot serve you because I am living in such an awareness of who I really serve and I'm going to have to give an account to that. And so often when we go to say no to people, we feel like we're being selfish and when you live in that awareness that you're going to have to give an account to God, you're no lo- no longer feel selfish. It mm-hmm. is like, no, I'm being honoring to God by saying no to this because I have a limited amount and I'm I've been entrusted with this to steward it and and I'm going to be held accountable. And the reality is is it's going to be hard because people aren't going to understand. Yep. And you're going to have to deal with that. And sometimes there's going to be repercussions of people just not understanding. Yep. Um, but that's kind of the world we live in. Yep. And it's just something you're going to have to embrace and be okay with. And I'm saying that to myself too. And I'll say that too. I'm not good at this. It's something I'm working on. But you're going to have to upset someone. And it's either going to be people or God. Like that's your... Les tells me this all the time. You don't get to choose if you upset someone. You get to choose who you upset. Like that's, you, you, you cannot make everyone happy. You can't serve two masters. Mm-hmm. You, one will despise you. Like that, that's straight from the Bible. One of your masters will despise you. you. That's your only choice is who. And that's why living in that awareness that you're going to have to give an account to God helps you to understand, I, I have to let someone down. I have to disappoint someone. That is a non-negotiable. I just get to choose who it is. And that is such a better place to live in because then you can make that choice consciously and intentionally and and choose to please God with how you steward your, your time and your energy and all those things. 
So I was wondering if that would be a good place to end talking about letting people down. <laughs> but, yeah. but I do think th- that isn't as negative as it sounds. It's basically choosing to be free from all of the things that hinder us in our pursuit of Jesus. Yeah. Well, and it's, to me, it's hopefully is incredibly encouraging. So like if, if, if I told you like, Hey, the only way today is going to be a good day is if you pick up a semi and throw it 50 yards, you're never going to have a good day. And if you live going, Hey, I'm going to make everybody happy. You are never going to have a good day because both of them are impossible. And so it's like, as much as it's like, well, is it discouraging to tell someone, hey, you're never going to be able to pick up a semi and throw it 50 yards, so you should probably stop trying? Maybe it's discouraging, but it actually gives them the freedom to have a good day. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the same way. You're not going to make everybody happy. And it's kind of encouraging to just accept that because then you're allowed to just do what you're supposed to do, yeah. which is different. So I think it is a good place to end. And yeah. I think the reason I'm ranting so much is I'm preaching to myself, which... Boy, I yeah, <laughs> and that's what that's probably why I've been as silent or listening because I'm just kind of surveying my own life right now well, as we're talking about this. And, and that's kind of why I brought up early, like, how it's different for everyone because it's like I don't, you know what it looks like in my life isn't going to be the same as what it looks like in your life. And so, and we've all been given different amounts. I mean, you look at the parable of the talents, one got five, one got three, one got one. It it really is not about comparing your life to anyone else's. Mm -hmm. It's just being able to ask, like, can I give an account when the master comes back? Can I give an account of what I did with what he gave me? And, Again, that's time and that's energy and that's worry and care and passion and gifts and all of those things were limited. But God is going to require from us what's appropriate. Like he understands our limits and he is not going to ask us to do. Like the one who had five made another five. The one who had three did not make another five. They made another three. And he was like, well done. Like I understand your limits. And so I think that's what I tell the church all the time. If I start to speak really passionately, it's because I'm speaking to myself. And those are the most convicting ones to me. And this is definitely in line with that. Yeah. And I think we'll probably talk about this more next time as well. Yeah. But I think it's a lot for even just the two of us to chew on. That's what I love about not having any script. I have no idea we are going here, but I think it's good. Yeah, for sure. You want to close this in prayer? Yeah, well, Lord, we just, um, we thank you uh, for giving us the opportunity to just talk through this. We thank you that you don't expect us to have all the answers. Um, and just pray for all the people listening about uh, discernment and um, making choices and um, simplicity and ultimately seeking you and growing closer to you and and honoring you and that's what the goal is and help us to recognize uh, in the next week some of the things that are getting in the way and just show us ways practical ways that we can set some of those things aside let go of some of them and just be at peace with it and to just be freed of those things in your name we pray amen amen